Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks to Amazon Pharmacy for supporting the instance. Amazon Pharmacy makes it easy to order your prescriptions and have them delivered straight to your door. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance, with medication as low as $1 a month plus free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash WowRx. Tell me, have you witnessed their power? Hey everybody, welcome to The Instance. This is The Instance, episode 643 for Friday, July 16th, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson. Uh, we fired Garrett. He's out of here. Just kidding. He's on vacation and uh, having a great time, as best I can tell. He's gone for the next two Fridays, today and next Friday. Don't worry, though. We have guests sitting in for the great Garrett Weinsorl this week. We have Alex Albisu, a podcaster and friend of the program. Alex, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Scott. So happy to be here. And hello, Chad. Hello. Hey, it's good to have you here. Um, you're also, I don't know, you're not in charge of the Filthy Casuals. You're just on that team, right? That raid Oh, team. I'm in charge of the Filthy Casuals. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so yeah. what we have here is a raid leader of current WoW content uh, to take me down from my high horse on a few WoW issues this week because he's having as much yeah. fun as anybody right now, right? You're having a good you time. You know, yeah, as much fun as one can in uh, the current tumultuous state that is World of Warcraft and Blizzard, certainly, but we're having a great time. Um, and we have some fellow Frog Pants folks and ANTP folks in there, and it's a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. We're enjoying it. Yeah, that's great. Also, uh, a, a runner up in the uh, America's Next Top Podcaster uh, elimination mode thing that went that went down a couple of years ago or a year ago, was it? How long ago? Yeah, uh, gosh, it feels like 50 years ago with everything that's been going on. But yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I just went the whole way and didn't win. Yeah. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Scott uh, constantly complained about my voice the whole time. <laughs> well, look, I was time. a judge. You're supposed to judge. And um, I don't even remember where it all started, where where the voice thing came from. I honestly I don't, don't it, remember. It had, I think it had something to do with like. Like you kept com- talking about like, wow, Gidget, your voice is great. Amy, your voice is great. Jerry, your voice is great. And then left so, it like that. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, please, Scott, mention me. So it was a it was an omission, not necessarily. I wasn't calling you out. I just wasn't saying anything. <laughs> I see. It's quite OK. I see how it it's went. It's quite OK. Well, all it's right. Okay. Uh, it's good to have you here. We got a bunch to get into today. And as I mentioned in the last episode, some changes are happening to the show. This week will be reflective of some of that, but we're not done. That's the other thing to remember. A lot of people are like, well, Wayne, is it going to be overnight sort of change? Not really. It'll be incremental. It'll take a little bit of time. Um, also, you know, Garrett not being here, some of that stuff has to happen uh, with the both of us as regular hosts. But today will be a little bit different, and some of it may be a little the same. I don't know. You're going to have to judge for yourselves as we dive in right now. All right, a uh, couple things top of the show here. You might you might actually finally get to play WoW on a uh, on a handheld after all. In fact, you might be able to play all your favorite MMOs or any games you want on a handheld. Not because uh, suddenly Nintendo has opened the gates wide open for you, but because Steam finally announced, or Valve rather, finally announced their Steam Deck 
not to be confused with Elgato's Stream Deck, which literally had an update announced the same day. That's why I was so confused. (laughs) It's really uh, unfortunate for them mostly because uh, clearly the news cycle is on the side of Valve here in terms of interest. But uh, yeah, Valve announced a a handheld gaming device and it's a lot like the Switch in terms of format. We're talking about a 7-inch screen, basically 720p handheld output, although if you connect it to a TV, you get higher. Uh, or a screen, can use a regular monitor or whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to get too much into this as a gaming device. Um, the short of it is your entire Steam library is immediately available to you. There's a thin translation layer on this Linux-based OS that will let you play Windows games that way. But you can also install, straight up install Windows. You could run the Epic Game Store here. You could install the WoW launcher. You could run Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, whatever you want to do on this thing. Uh, it seems they are letting you do that. And today it went on sale for prices starting at $399 all the way up to almost $700 for the high-end model. And I wonder how we feel about the idea that these MMOs we love so much we might soon play on a handheld. Weird, right? Well, we we get uh you, there are a bunch of add-ons out there that let you use a uh like an xbox controller with world of warcraft and i see a lot of people streaming on like facebook and other places where they do that and they're doing it rather successfully and i know a lot of people who prefer playing with a controller for some reason um just games in general not necessarily world of warcraft so i i'm I, I love what it provides for the, for the Steam library and that entire ecosystem. I think that it's really funny, especially that Epic, like, yeah, technically you could, <laughs> their biggest competitor, you can install that there. I think that's yeah. really cool. But yeah. I, I personally, I like my freedom with a keyboard and a mouse playing a game like World of Warcraft. I don't think I could see myself doing that, but like talking to other folks in my community, like and Bobby Franks, who's in who's in chat. Uh, that's Bobby Frankenberger, who everybody knows. Mm. He's my co-lead. He wanted me to clarify yeah. of the uh, filthy casuals team. <laughs> uh, he's very excited for it, and so yeah, maybe we'll have him test it. I'm going to force him to test it. Yeah, we talked a ton about this thing in detail on Core, but good news if you want to play, uh, let's say World of Warcraft on it, you can easily hook a computer, a keyboard, and a mouse up to it. If you don't want to go the controller route, we don't even know if the controller will do anything without a bunch of hoop jumping, which you have to do now to make like an Xbox One controller work. So there's probably still those barriers. This is really just a PC. So the way you need to look at it is, hey, will this PC run my thing? And if it does, what other stuff do I already have to do to make it run? And in this case, keyboard and mouse are pretty much required. But if you're playing like Final Fantasy XIV, that game already supports controller out of the box. It will just recognize it and use it as if you were wired in or or Bluetoothed in otherwise to your PC. Um, I think that game in particular will benefit from this because a lot of people play that game with a controller. It's available on PlayStation Five, which is obviously you know default controller is your is your way of playing it there. And um, I think I could see that being kind of a kind of a weird niche for this because people want. I mean, I want. I don't know how much I would do it after the first time after the. The gimmick wears off, but I wouldn't mind sitting in bed playing an MMO on a freaking handheld. That sounds all right. That sounds like a nice way to wheedle away the hours of the night, and I'm not hunched over some desk while I'm doing it. I'm hurting my neck in a whole different kind of way. A whole different type of way. Yeah. You got to go to a chiropractor either way, but that way you're at least laying down for it. Yeah, and good. I think they sold out, by the way. So the current status on this thing, I tried to get in there and reserve one. It was busted. The whole experience was broken for me. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it was bad. 
Um, oh. I tried. I was mobile, though, which is kind of a problem. I was out and around this morning and couldn't be at a desktop. That may have helped. Just, I don't know, given I could do it through the Steam client, maybe that would have been better luck. I don't know. But it should have worked through either their app or the uh, mobile web, which I used both of those and both just kept throwing errors. And mm. there were timeouts and server overload stuff and all that. Again, not that shocking. Um, a little bit of a bummer that it's part of a store that also needs to run just for everybody else's Steam needs. And so other people just trying to get in there and buy a thing. I uh, heard from somebody who was just trying to get Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know why they decided to get it now, but they tried to get it this morning and reported that they couldn't buy the game. Um, well, I was actually just in Steam yeah. buying uh, a game that we're going to talk about primarily on this show. Uh, and I was actually stalled several times and thinking to myself, why am I having so much trouble buying this game? And yeah, it's true. I guess it's because probably everybody and their mother's trying to buy this new uh, Steam Deck. So yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah. I actually like the game name. We had a big argument on Core about the name, but I, I think I prefer the name over, you know, I don't know. The, the, the alternatives are are boring to me yeah that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, know what else you'd call it solid but, you yeah know, solid idea steam screen steam thing i don't know steaming scream screen steaming the steaming screamer the screaming steamer yep. the cleveland yep. steamer whoops that's something totally well, different well, never mind totally forget i said different. it yep uh also there was a giant leak in the wow community uh well supposedly leaked we don't know if this is true or not and um we're probably not going to be able to find out anytime soon because blizzard doesn't comment on this kind of stuff but it showed up on Reddit and as basically image captures of what appears to be a leaked series of internal memos uh, that are pretty concerning if they're real. Um, that's the problem is there's really no way to to 100% confirm any of this. Um, it might be worth your time if you're interested in what might be uh, you know a real inside look at how the state of wow is and how people on the team are feeling about it, how people internally at blizzard are feeling about it and the sort of state of things at blizzard in general. Um, I'm not going to cast judgments one direction or the other. It's just maybe worth your time to go check it out. However, what really uh, caught me on this or made this much more interesting uh, and that's, you know, again, whether or not it's real has yet to be determined. But if you follow the Twitter account, of Grums, he's a former Blizz dev from World, uh, World of Warcraft. He worked on StarCraft one and two, I want to say, a bunch of other stuff there at the company. He's no longer there and hasn't been for quite a while, and has a bit of a following on Twitter for being a little on the critical of his former employee. Uh, it's kind of his thing a little bit, but it's a really interesting thread. He basically points out the leak and then goes into these really interesting details about. Triple A development versus small companies with visions, and when things like that change, like when do you go from um, a small, uh, you know, super flexible company who is just there to make rad games, and it's not really about the money or shareholders or anything else at that point. It's just, hey, what would we want to play, and let's play it. And everybody here, top to bottom, is a gamer, all the way down to the receptionist, and you know those those ideals, those concepts that we associate with with Blizzard and some other uh, folks. He goes into a big, long, pretty interesting thread about why game companies, not just Blizzard, but many others, face certain challenges. And some of those challenges come in the form of, well, like here, I'm going to read one of these. This is actually really cool. Um, let me pull that over here. So he says, um, how do we get here? He says, a couple of things happen in AAA development that lead us up to this point. 
The biggest thing is the money. Once AAA games got, or gaming gets bigger uh, than all media, which it is currently, by the way, uh, you start to attract a lot of executives who are in it for the immense profit versus the love of making games. This change starts at the top and it's made worse by game companies going public. Um, hard to argue with much of that. Anyway, it says it starts to flow down into middle management where you're starting to see serious cash. Uh, the why of, com- of company char- uh, changes instead of going for games that they would love to play and identifying as gamers themselves, there's now a sense of the other in quotes. Uh, we made the games, they pay for them kind of attitude. That's, you know, what he's claiming. Mm-hmm. He says the original Blizzard culture used to be, we are gamers right down to the receptionist and we make games for ourselves because we are gamers. Uh, he says, I believe this is gone now and the devs at many AAA studios are distinctly us versus them, quote unquote, the whiny entitled gamers. Um, that's just a taste and it isn't, it doesn't feel so much like it's, I mean, obviously Blizzard's a part of the conversation. You can't avoid it. But it feels like a broader conversation about the AAA environment in general and how that sausage is made. And I found it to be a really interesting thread. So if you got a minute, go check out Grums on Twitter, G-R-U-M-M-Z. And uh, you'll find that thread. It's a long one. It's like, I don't know, 30 posts, 40 posts, something like that. Yeah. And, and something that's really interesting, and we talked about this a bunch on Joystick and Mouse, but it's like that, you know, the economics of gaming these days. Mm-hmm. And they tried to really the, the part that really stuck with me was how they are putting forth that six month subscription and the bonuses and everything that you get there so that they can hold on to that that commitment from their customers and report out or their consumers, as they said in quotes, uh, and they could report out for stockholders and everything else. What great numbers and everything a company like or a game like World of Warcraft has you know, one reality is just they're they're in that six month cycle. So yeah, there's still subscription numbers, but it doesn't necessarily take into account, you know, churn or anything like that. So I thought that the, that the economics uh, piece of that just kind of reaffirmed some of the stuff that we've talked about and kind of just anticipated in general yeah. around that. But uh, it, it is a very interesting perspective for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, he also gets into streaming culture and how that's a thing that devs hate. They love and hate Mm because they need it to uh, compete, survive, be noticed, whatever. Whether you're a new company, old company, or anything in between, you have to leverage your 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 PR around not just the end user, not just uh, you know advertising in traditional senses, but you have to be ready for the streaming side of things. And they he gets into that a little bit here Um, when content creators he uses this as an example because a bunch of them started streaming other than wow content specifically final fantasy 14 in the last couple of weeks and when they started talking about it and starting to stream it you know that starts to that starts to have this like whoa wait a minute what's my favorite content creator doing they're going over here to do this other thing well what's that about and then they start going over there um and the way he put it here is you know what's a wow gamer to think the rest is history the king is dethroned an expression of shock on his face um, sometimes you don't need the best product. You need to be good enough to take advantage of, of a company that has rested too long on their brand and monopoly to actually change, innovate, and improve. Um, he 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 believes that this exodus is a permanent one. Um, that yeah. a lot of these players are like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going to go do other stuff, and and it's only being um, confirmed for them. You know, their bias about leaving is being confirmed by those they hold in high regard 
be they streamers, YouTubers, or whatever. Yeah, this whole kerfuffle with Aspen Gold and such was like, yeah, just yeah, it's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, and, he has an army, dude. He has an army. Yeah, so and it's an opportunity. I mean, like the way I see it is that it's an opportunity for Blizzard to either come back around and say, like, yeah, here, here we're going to kind of turn the ship and and perhaps earn the trust of our consumers again. Or frankly, it's an opportunity for others, like other MMOs, like so, something that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. But there's uh, either way, like there's a lot of opportunity for us as consumers and gamers around this. So I, you know, I'm I'm excited to kind of see what's like stir up this kind of causes in the industry and MMOs and large. I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. This is a it's it's an interesting time. Like I've tried to look at it this way the entire time. It's easy to get really negative and down on it. My favorite, yeah. one of my favorite video games of all time, the game that. I owe more to uh, in my own personal cultural way than any game I've ever played. World of Warcraft is a singular point of light in my life and has been for a very long time. Yeah. So it's easy to go, wow, let's get negative about it. Or let's get positive about it. Or let's get whatever you want to get about it. I understand how, that it can be emo- emotionally tumultuous. I know that we all invest a lot in certain games. And in this case, World of Warcraft to the point that we feel invested very much personally in, in its success or its failure or anything else. Dude, it's like 15, how many years? Like 15, 15 years of 17 my life. years, I think, now. Like, yeah. yeah. And I've been playing since Friends and Family Alpha. Like, it's a long time. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I have chosen <laughs> to look at it from uh, a more of a top-down sort of view. I want, I'm want. i very interested in what this means across the industry for Blizzard, but for everyone else. Like, what does this mean when they shed a bunch of players? And it's a meaningful shedding of players. Like, they haven't had to deal with that before. They've always, you know, no matter what, somebody else come out with their new MMO. Hey, it's Star Wars MMO. WoW's fine. Hey, Elder Scrolls. Don't worry. WoW's okay. Uh, Guild Wars 2, it's very good, I hear. That's okay, because WoW will be fine. Like, that keeps, that's kept that way for a very long time. I'm not sure it's going to be like that anymore for them. And so, it would be easy for me to go, oh, they've lost their edge. I, I don't, there's plenty of those voices. You can go find those voices. My voice on this whole thing is interesting. Let's see where this goes and let's try totally. to follow it. And, you know, we'll see. So that uh, that thing caused a big old stink. There's a couple other things I want to mention uh, real quick uh, for fans of a couple other games. Final Fantasies uh, 14, they have a, an official cookbook coming out in November. Uh, let me read you this quote. And just and don't you dare tell me you're not getting this because you know you're going to go out and buy this. I'm so into this. Take, <laughs> take the cul- or sorry, take a culinary adventure with one of gaming's most beloved franchises. Reads the official product description on Simon & Schuster's website. With stunning photography and step-by-step instructions, this book gives you everything you need to create some of this game's most iconic dishes. So there you go. No longer does Warcraft have the monopoly on cookbooks. You can go get one for your weird Final Fantasy lifestyle. Yeah, and I know that you're not like all that into anime or I mean like you like Final Fantasy and stuff. I'm really happy by the way that, that Final Fantasy is great. Nothing wrong with Final Fantasy. It's fine. But if you ever play a Final Fantasy like Final Fantasy 15, there's this whole bit like where you can go cook and the food in that game like looks real and I get hungry like thinking yeah. about it right now my mouth is watering. It's stupid. But you know, watching anime like the way that they portray their food and it's a freaking cartoon but oh my god it's beautiful yeah, what is up with delicious. that like why is final know. fantasy 15 food i've seen it the in-game food in final F- fantasy 15 is the best looking food in video games Easily. okay uh the best looking food in mmos i'd probably give that to elder scrolls online their food looks pretty good 
Yeah. At least it looks like the food you're, you're meant to be eating. Wow food looks like four polygons of cheese. I mean, um, yeah, that's true. The Final Fantasy 15 food looks like <laughs> like like beautiful in the same way that like they used to like rub Vaseline on the lens of a camera. Yeah. You know, back in the and everything looked all beautiful and like sure. shiny and, sure. and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what they need to do is make sure some of that stuff's in that book. Otherwise, who cares about MMO food? It's never been That's interesting true. to me. And don't smear Vaseline in the food, please. No. Uh, World of Warcraft Wrath of the Lich King will be adapted into a pandemic board game. That's the other little bit of side business this week. And uh, yeah. that's an interesting take because if you are a fan, uh, fan of pandemic uh, system, game system, then you know that this... Whoa, that's loud. Let me turn that down. You'll know <laughs> that this is um, perfect for that because you're basically spreading... Or helping stop or spread. I'm not sure actually which side you're on, <laughs> but you're you're either stopping or helping spread the freaking scourge. And uh, the Strathholm business is in there, and Lich King's involved, and a bunch of your favorite characters in miniature form. And it's using the pandemic board game rules. Uh, so despite actually being uh, at the uh, some point of our own real life pandemic, maybe you'll have some fun in board game form with more. I remember playing pandemic like the 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 original pandemic like right when this pandemic started and I felt very kind of odd and and cathartic to go out and fight that thing and and I really enjoyed that and just being a big wow nerd I think that this is gonna be great I I don't know are you gonna get it or? yeah probably I think it seems like a perfect uh, match and I really like pandemic so yeah it doesn't cool. it seems like a bit of a no brainer I'll probably wait for some reviews a um, friend of the show Dan Patrice is a gigantic board game nerd and he'll. He'll probably review the hell out of that before I have to make a decision, but seems like a perfect fit to me. So totally, uh, we'll see how it goes. Totally. All right. We got a lot in this week's big topic. Some of you may be familiar with Amazon games. <laughs> Such a weird thing to still say. It is way. a weird thing to say. So Amazon has tried to dip their toe into the world of let's make some video games and they've kind of failed miserably up to this point. The only two things they've done, uh, one was based on their, Oh, what's the show about the cars? Uh, it was, a ah, oh, I forgot the name of the car thing. Uh, car old guys that are like into cars, the British guys. Uh, and then they moved to Amazon and changed the name. It's called old guys drive a car. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> Um, I know I'm blanking too. Top Gear, not Top Gear, but this, the top. the Grand Tour. That's it. Jeez, Jesus. Uh, my Lord. All right. Sorry. The Grand Tour is uh, is the thing I'm thinking of. They did a Grand Tour car thing that was abysmal garbage. No one knows about it because it was bad. Okay. Then their second project was this third person shooter thing. I forgot the name of it. It's like Osiris or Optimus or some name like that. Uh, was on Steam for a hot minute. They yanked it back, gave people their money back, said they were going to keep working on it, but I think it's officially dead now. So that didn't go well. Um, but all the while, they've been working on this MMO called New World. And uh, I thought it might be time to talk about what the hell New World is and whether it's going to demand any of your time. So here's some of the basics. We have a release date of August 31st, 2021. That's not the first release date we've had. They've delayed a couple of times. But that looks solid. It's the best, the best as we can tell. No other reasons to delay the game at that point. Uh, and based on impressions from recent betas, it seems like they're kind of there. Uh, $39.99 for the base game. No subscription model for this, at least not now. Uh, maybe there'll be like an ESO style plus membership or something. You get you know added benefits by doing that. But there's no indication of that up to this point. It's a $40 game. 
in theory, new expansions would cost you another 30 or 40 bucks and you'll keep playing it. Think of it as like destiny, uh, in terms of its model, its price model. Uh, the in-game shop will be there though. So there will be a cash shop in there. Cosmetics, in-game items. They specifically, uh, originally had plans for, excuse me, things like in-game, uh, XP boost, things like that. The community around the potential community around this game kind of revolted and said, that's a terrible idea. And they have since removed that. So they're not going to do any game altering stuff in the shop. They say, at least now, uh, only cosmetics, and junk like that. And if you're excited about checking out their mount selection, don't get too excited because there are no mounts. You have to run everywhere in this game. It's weird to me, man. I don't know why they wouldn't. It's just weird, do it. but I mean, yes, it's weird. But also, I think mounts are not dangerous. There, there, there are two things you can look at a mount and 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 say. Um, number one, a mount is a obviously a huge boon to gameplay if you're trying to get around a lot. You know, I understand the desire to have a mount and have it early. Um, but a game, it changes gameplay. Like it Fs with things. Totally. World of Warcraft has, you know, learned the hard way that flying mounts as cool as they were when they were introduced in the burning crusade have been a lot of, you know, a lot of heavy weight on the game mm-hmm. and having to design around it and make it harder for people to get it. And it's just very controversial. And there are people I've heard at blizzard say, yeah, we kind of regret <laughs> adding flying to the game. Um, because now they got to jump through these hoops to justify when you can get flying and when you can't, um, this game will not feature even ground mounts, which reminds me, I think initially, and I don't know if they still do, but uh, Guild Wars 2 didn't have mounts. At least at launch, they didn't. Um, yeah, they, they ended still up, don't. there are mounts in there now, but... Are there? Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, but they don't... Dude, I think they're even flying mounts. I don't know. Somebody who plays Guild Wars 2 can chime in, but... Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember either. And, and, you know, everything in Final Fantasy is a chocobo. It either flies or it runs. So yeah. <laughs> do whatever you do, but... Uh, but yeah, that's it. To at least start things out, you're running a lot. And if that's okay with you, it's okay with me. It doesn't, doesn't really bother me. Uh, 50 levels maximum in this game. It's, uh, all set on an Island called Eternum or Eterum, Eternum, Eternum. Is it Eternum? A E T E R N U M. Yeah. Eternum. That sounds right. We'll go That's fine. It's like Eternum, but with an A. But Eternum. Yeah. Broken up into eight zones, so a bunch of uh, space. The game was originally set to be more set in like a real life, like uh, historic sort of, you know, think of New World like, oh, we've discovered the American continent and uh, we're going to do all that. More of a survival-y kind of idea, but that has all evolved to be dark magic and fantasy setting and all of that, uh, and that's what you're going to get. Even though some of these dudes look like conquistadors and it drives me nuts, I don't like it. It's not, my, it's, not, it's not my aesthetic. Yeah, I don't like it. It's too historic. It feels like I'm yeah. in the wrong game. Um, doesn't feel fantasy enough. But some of the other faction gear and the things I've seen in the game make it, you know, they mix it up a little bit. Here's how they describe this, the uh, the place of Eternum itself. For thousands of years, the mysterious island of Eternum uh, has been the source of fantastical legends. And now you've found it. Shipwrecked with no supplies or allies. You need to make your way to a dangerous world where the fundamental laws of life and death don't apply. Ooh. Magic flows through Eternum. Eternum, rather. It longs, or sorry, brings life, miraculous healing, reanimation of the dead, and strange flora with magical properties. And it brings horror, the power to cause untold destruction and the slow wasting of the soul through the countless cycles of death and resurrection. In such a land, your destiny is whatever you make of it. (laughs) So deep. 
like yeah, yeah. Real, real deep i i like i like the setting and i like everything that i'm seeing so far with the the aesthetic other than the conquistador thing the aesthetic is very different i feel like from most other mmos that we're getting it's almost like a little bit realistic mixed with some uh, dark magic sort of feel sure um and before we jump into the gameplay, I kind of want to go back to one thing that you talked about that I think is really important here, and, and that's the in-game shop. You know, I, first of all, I think it's great that we don't have another MMO that is going to cost us X number of dollars a month. Yeah, I think that's really great. Sure. But um, the other thing is that Amazon did a really good job of listening, and and I know that because I've been following this game for a little while. By the way, I'm very excited about it. It's you pre-ordered, pre-ordered it today. I heard you went and got grabbed it. Right. Yeah. You know, tried. Sure. And then uh, I, I, and I actually got it. I got it. It's there in my library, ready to install. Yeah. I just got to wait. Um, but I'm interested in, in seeing more about what this game is going to be about. And uh, I like seeing that a company like Amazon, who can be, you know, a gigantic behemoth, doesn't necessarily have to listen to anybody, but they decide to listen here and try to do what's right by their community. And when people say they don't want XP boosts and other kind of consumables like that in their in-game shop where it could be construed as pay to win Mm. and they listen to that, I think that that's great. And uh, they've taken feedback in multiple cycles, just having followed this. And you you mentioned it before where it's like, yeah, they, they heard that the the survival the big survival game aspect of this game was reimagined and they kind of followed a more traditional MMO route um, after tons of feedback so so seeing the trend of Amazon actually listening to the player base and th- that's been testing this over the past really several years yeah uh, it's really promising so I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of this game and playing it in the the closed beta yeah i'm i'm legit excited um given the changes i was not interested all interested at all when the game was announced as more of a survival uh multiplayer pvp experience like that's not interesting to me there's a million games like that i'm kind of i kind of don't want that what i want is sprawling stuff i can play by myself cool content i can play with friends and the more traditional mmo experience which is what they now say they're going to deliver us now the big difference for a lot of players, it's going to be how it plays. And let's talk about that for a second. Gameplay is more like ESO, less like WoW. And by that, I mean World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy, uh, Guild Wars, they are known to be your tab-targeting kind of MMO, right? Tab a dude, target him, hit one through five, whatever it is, do your rotation, you know, slowly beat the dude and then move on. That's your combat. This game is more active and action-oriented. Uh, you are... Swinging your sword with your left mouse button. You are putting up your shield with your right mouse button, assuming you're using a shield. Um, similar stuff for for staves and, and other kinds of weapons. It is more action-oriented, uh, lock onto your target and go fight him. Not like to the level of Dark Souls or something. They're not making that. Um, but again, if you've had any time in ESO, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And this feels very much like that. And I've played enough ESO. It just every time I see him fight in this game, I'm like, oh, that's just like yeah. ESO. And I actually see that as I a I actually see that as a positive thing because I think the ESO Same. combat is pretty strong. Um, I think it could use help in the animation department. And this game seems to do a lot of animation. Like there's a lot of graphical coolness going on, from what I can tell. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I feel really I feel really strong about that that moving forward because I what I don't want is another tab targeting MMO. There are plenty of those, you know, I can play those anytime I want. I need something a little more, I don't know, 
maybe a little more visceral. This this appears to be to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of curiosity, uh, how do you feel about the skill shot piece of all this? Because in this game, you you know, you can kind of if you're wielding a bow, for instance, you can pop around corners and shoot people. Do you feel like that is something that you're going to enjoy or are you going to be more of like a melee kind of up in your face sort of deal? Like, what are you thinking? I mean, I um, I mean, it's it's just them adding like a timing mechanism really to it you know like i'm fine with that i don't have a problem with that. i can tell you this right now watching these guys pull their bows back and get in like kind of a zoom mode annoys mm-hmm. me i don't want that like just let me pull my bow back like let me turn that off in the options and if it isn't there at launch it will be i promise you because yeah i don't want to have like there's it's so tempting in these games to insert a bunch of cin- cinematic type movement but that will eventually wear off and you'll just be annoyed by it because you're just trying to play um so a few things in there I can't quite tell the skill system itself, though, like the actual progression of your skills and stuff. It feels like old school RuneScape or something. Yeah, like, totally. there are no classes like, in this game. It is basically, hey, you want to level up really great spear work? Go for it. And you want to have some magic on top of that? Awesome. Uh, up till level 20, you can respec any time for free. So there's plenty of room there to just test and play and mess around. And even after that, it's just gold. But um right. I'm, I like a game where I'm not in a hole. I can make decisions and change my mind, uh, you know, and, 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 and go a very different direction if I want to and experiment before I lock myself in. Most MMOs are like, hey, you want to be a mage? Good. Hey, I hope you like magic because you're going to get a lot yeah. of magic with this guy. You know, like this will let you kind of create hybrids that are battle magey and, you know, just weird combinations of stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, I do like that a lot. Yeah, uh, I will say graphically, it, I'm very impressed. <laughs> uh, Me too. It, this doesn't look like your typical MMO. The closest to this, I would say, this is like the lushness of like a like high resolution WoW lush. Uh, so if you could, you know that that kind of wonder that Warcraft has in it when you first discover new zones and the color and the you know all that. So WoW's always been really great at that, but it's also been super stylized. This is like a not hyper realistic version of that, but a much more, you know, it's high fidelity kind of quality to that lushness. And I'm super into that. Uh, but it also, I keep bringing up ESO, but I think it's a good comparison. It's got a little bit of this sort of ESO, um, you know, not quite real, but re- more real than you're used to. It doesn't feel like a big flat MMO. MMOs tend to have giant hallways and huge textures and, you know, big blocky stuff because that's an MMO. That's how things work. This just has got a lot, a lot of detail in it. And, um, that bodes well for me and my interest. Yeah. It feels like a really dynamic world from all the visuals that I've seen, yeah. which is like, it just like, yeah, like this, this is a great scene. If people are watching live on Twitch, you can see like you go from lush landscape down into this like blood, uh, like swampy thing. Yeah. And that is very, cool like as a consumer um like just uh, as somebody who really likes visuals in games like that's a that's a cool experience and like watching some of the combat and stuff talking about that again really quickly like it'll be really interesting for a lot of the folks who come from a game like world of warcraft or final fantasy 14 
in Guild Wars 2 where it's tab target, you don't necessarily have those skill shots. Like if you remember Wildstar, like yeah. I've seen some of that in chat, like Wildstar is a gr- I love that game. That game was great, dude. They didn't give oh, it the so chance good. it needed. It was so cool. Oh God, that was so good. So that was, um, that was such a fun, like place out where, yeah, it was kind of tab targety, but then you can get those really clutch, like skill shoddy sort of things where you would land in a certain area to cause some kind of a massive effect or shoot a straight line in front of you. And it would do a thing like that was really, really fun. I played one of those like dual pistol wieldy dudes. I forgot what they were called. Spell slingers or something. Yeah. Something like um, that. I love those guys, but there was, that was really, uh, it, it was it, it was gratifying combat where I, I feel like you're going to get some of that in this, but it's going to be difficult for those folks who are, who have trouble with that. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's going to be people who would really, I, I guarantee you there are people who won't play ESO for the same reason right now. They don't want to play an action version of this stuff. They want to play, you know, they want to tab and target and I get it. Right. There's something chill about that. It's part of the reason that wow can, you can play wow and do stuff and wow and, and have TV on. You know what I mean? Like it's a very casual kind of um, experience. Maybe you're supposed to focus more when you raid, but you know, not so much when you're just playing it to do your dailies or whatever. And this game, this game is going to engage you more. That may, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, They're now showing basically post tutorial moment here where he's running around on the beach with a bunch of other new players. And, so those uh, trees falling in the background. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. That's kind of that's the crafting, baby. I can't wait to craft. That's the other thing. Major crafting in this game. Yeah, uh, which we'll get cool. to uh, here in a second. So, all right. So here's a couple other things. Uh, you're meant to compete for territories over a period of time. So that's a big part of the of the multiplayer effort, leveling up other characters in the process. Uh, the players earn more experience and master more weapons, and they'll do more to overcome uh, different challenges of Atrium or Atrium. Atrium. Sorry, Atrium. 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 That's what it was. We're, Man, we're that's going to take me fun. a while. Gosh, dang it. Some of it requires you to team up with friends. Uh, we'll talk about ex- expeditions in a minute. They're basically dungeon delves, that sort of thing. Um, all right. So you can join guilds or as they're known in this world, companies, which is a very historical way to use the name. I, I Sometimes I feel like this thing is alternate history with fantasy in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. some of the terms. I mean, the name of the game itself. Like, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, this allows you to develop chunks of the landscape into big towns, though this process or through this process, uh, players will be able to purchase houses, which act as fast travel points. Uh, beware settlements can be attacked by rival companies. So you're always got that kind of defend and attack kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how that goes. That stuff. Usually my experience in past MMOs is that stuff sounds amazing on paper whenever they talk about those, those kinds of features. And then in the game, it's never as cool as you think it is. Warhammer so, Online. Yeah, Warhammer is <laughs> a good example. There was one a long time ago, like pre-WoW, maybe post-Dark Age of Camelot. I can't remember the name of it. Oh. Someone in the chat will remember, probably. Yeah. But they had, like, that. this was their whole idea. Like, big, huge landscapes where you could build up giant cities, defend them, attack them. And it sounded so rad. And they were, like, ex-EverQuest people working on it or something. Not Zork, chat room. Um... <laughs> And uh, and it just sucked. It was not good. It was poop. So, oh, uh, you know, yeah, whatever. it'll be interesting. I mean, if they can pull it off, it's I remember big siege battles in, in games like Lineage 2, one of the first MMOs that like I really dug my teeth into. Mm-hmm. And those siege battles when my like really crappy computer could handle it uh, would be really, really fun. And uh, it was rewarding. But uh, it soon became very clear who like 
the winners were yeah. on that server, you know? So it'll be interesting to see how they balance that. They need to pull this off because if Amazon Studios wants to, they need to have one of their first three projects work or else what are you even doing? Like, yeah, get out of games development and or hire better. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I do have high hopes for it. There's some really smart people on the team. Um, if you do a little background check, on, not background check, but, you know, look and see who's involved. A lot of really talented people with a long, long list of experience. Like they have the know-how. They certainly have the money. Um, now it's just a matter of executing. And I hope they, I hope they hit their, all their notes. That, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, mentioned the respecking up to 20. Um, also, there's these, uh, there, there's these countless expeditions, they're calling them. I'm sure you could count them, but they say they're countless. <laughs> Uh, the experience in the world. These are quests that will provide unique bits of gear like armor and weapons and uh, stuff for you, for you and your friends. Some of that is uh, group content, some is solo. And there's a story, a huge story arc, but they're they're not every level. So, you know, there'll be a chunk of time where you're just doing a lot of side stuff before you unlock the next big piece of story content. Not that different than other games in its, in its like class. Like Renown in, in WoW, like that campaign. Yeah, or the uh, another good example. ESO has their, their kind of overarching thing and you talking yeah. to certain people only happens every few levels. And if you forget to go do it and you do a bunch of other stuff, then you can go do it in rapid succession. Maybe this will be part of that. I don't know. They don't get into whether the world, this is one thing nothing ever says. I can't find this anywhere. If the world scales with you or not, uh, that's how they do it in EverQuest, or sorry, in um, uh, Guild Wars and uh, parts of WoW and like the leveling experience. There's, there's, there's scaling. Um, yeah, ESO does it too. ESO's ten, yeah, their Tamriel Unlimited is entirely that, and um, I really like it, but I think it has to be handled just right to make it work. Anyway, yeah. they don't say here. We don't know. There, there may be zones where you're like, oh shit, I can't go in there. That's level sixty, and I'm only level ten. I'll die. You know, I, I, we don't know because they haven't said. We'll we'll see. Hey, you guys, let's talk about getting your. Pills faster and easier. You got prescriptions. Your doctor's like, hey, you got to take this. Everybody has this to deal with, right? Well, Amazon Pharmacy is going to make that easier for you. They make it way easy to order prescriptions and have them delivered straight to your door. And the process is pretty simple. It saves you a lot of time and money and hassle. No more waiting in line at the pharmacy. That's a big one. You have the option to choose between 30 and 90 day supplies. And if you're a Prime member, uh, you can get six months worth of prescription medication. So that's cool. That's double the 90. I know math. Plus, you can quickly and easily compare prices and, uh, I don't know, you can do all this without insurance. Prime members can get their meds as low as a dollar a month when paying without insurance. So, just have your doctor's office send you an next prescription straight to the Amazon pharmacy. Right now, they do it to what? Like a store or something. Have a go there. And then you will receive it delivered straight to your door. Amazon Prime, uh, pharmacy, rather. Works with most insurance plans nationwide as well. Uh, I can't think of an easier way to get this stuff. I have a couple of meds I have to do. And um, why not do it faster and easier with Amazon? I'm a Prime member. Why not? Let's just do this. So, Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance with medication as low as a dollar a month. Plus, free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash WowRx. That's Amazon.com. Slash Wow RX for more. Um, like we mentioned earlier, no classes, so the mastery system and the weapon system. You know, there's still going to be min maxing because people. That's what you do. You know, someone will say, "Oh, the best combo is this sword plus this thing plus that," and 
Make sure you put points into blah, blah, blah. I mean, you're going to have those guides and people are going to try to push you down those roads. But the idea here is it's a much more open faced sandwich of game. And you can go. Yeah, I'm kind of in the boat where I kind of know what I want to do and I'm not going to let anybody tell me, but we'll see how long that I want to do magey shit with like ice. I want to fire ice out of stuff. That's what I I want. want. I want to do that bow thing that you hate. Uh, (laughs) I want to sit there and snipe people. (laughs) And then maybe oh, without those, a okay. freaking right. sword or something. Well, look, the the multiplayer, that's what you should do. You should hide in bushes. You should be a dirty camper. And you should snipe people from far far away. Absolutely. The dirtiest of campers. Dirty campers. Very stinky. Mm. Oh, yeah. Great. Watch out for the dirty campers. All right. Moving on. Uh, here are the weapons in the game currently. And the reason this is list is significant or important is because the weapons are kind of everything. Think of it as Destiny weapons, the guns in, in Destiny. The whole goal is to get that cool one you want. And they've got the whole, you know, gray up through purple kind of color scheme and all that for rarity and affixes and all of that. But this isn't Diablo where if you use a certain axe and hit the ground, every time you hit the ground, it's going to create a giant hole or something or a crater. Um, it's more like passive stuff that'll, you know, increase your global cooldown speeds or, you know, things like that. But here are the weapons. Warhammer, Great Axe, Life, the entire Warhammer universe is in this game. No, it's just the weapon, the Warhammer <laughs> weapon. The Great Axe, Life Staff, which I assume is healing related, Fire Staff, Sword, Rapier, uh, Hatchet, Bow. Oh, man, who has hatchets? That's cool. Uh, bow, Musket, Ice Gauntlet. Hello. Hello. That I thought I saw that was like, wait, what? Ice That's like gauntlet. totally up your alley. Dude. Yeah, dude. Give me two. Can I wear two? No, they don't have dual wielding yet, which was Uh, one thing. Yeah, they don't have that yet, but they will. Uh, And a shield. And they go pretty deep in the game with things like you have a certain kind of dodge. Oh, that's the thing I should mention. The game shares some of ESO's other design sensibilities with stamina. So, um, and that's not unlike a lot of Elder Scrolls content. So, like, if you roll, you're going to use a bunch of stamina. If you're carrying a shield, you're way more. You're a big, heavier dude. You're going to have less stamina for the roll, but you're going to have more survivability for hits. Um, think of it that way. There's a lot of give and take on those systems, but uh, the whole thing is, you know, you can't just go in hacking away and expect to just spam your way to, to Nirvana. You got to like fight smart. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And when it comes to the fighting, actually like see some comments about open world PVP, like that's actually completely optional for folks. So like, oh, yeah, it didn't used to be that the, the goal of the game in the original state was PVP all the time. And yeah. players are like, we don't want that. And they said, okay, well, then how about we not do that? And then others were like, well, wait, we want PvP. And they said, well, all right, how about we just make a damn MMO where PvP is optional and you have to toggle it on or off. And if you want to get ganked, fine, you can be that guy. It's like war mode and wow. Yeah. Um, makes perfect sense to me that they that they would do totally, that. totally. So it feels like this is a game for anybody who wants any sort of occasion of whatever you like to experience in an MMO. It kind of gives you all that. Yeah. And um, I just watched him chop some trees down with his with his fighting sword. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so those elements are there, and that's the part I wanted to get to next, which is crafting. Um, huge part of this game is the crafting system, and uh, everybody can kind of do everything. Uh, that is also very ESO like. Uh, expeditions will drop you crafting materials, so that's that's important. Those are vital uh, to your to to your progression. The game's crafting system is. Pretty comprehensive. And um, we have a list of the skills that you can master. Weaponsmithing, armor, armoring, jewel crafting, engineering, lodging, harvesting, smelting, 
Harvesting. Am I going to farm? Oh, farm all that uh, green. I'm going to farm all that green. I like farming. Smelting, uh, stone cutting. Who keeps the metric system down? We do. Remember the stone cutters? Was that their names on the Simpsons? Hold on. Am I remembering that wrong? Who Dude, I have the, no, the, I, the, I like the Simpsons, but I have no idea. Uh, it's such a classic episode. I think it's the stone cutters. Anyway, stone cutting, <laughs> wood cutting, leather working, and weaving, which is to, you create Hugo weaving over and over. It's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nothing skill. to do with clothes. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Well, it is stone cutters. Thank you, chat. I was uh, confirmation right. uh, income. There you go. Anyway, um, if I was to label this game, uh, I would say this game feels a lot like Fantasy Destiny. And I don't mean any of the negative things about whatever you may have in your head about Destiny, whether you played a lot of Destiny or not. Something about this game says says that to me, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. I just get that vibe. Well, the third person feel gives me a lot more ESO vibes kind of coming into it. I actually preferred to play ESO third person. Uh, were, were you one of those that like to do it first person or? Um, I mean in ESO, I go back and forth. Um, were you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same, same with like actual elder scrolls. By the time I got around to Skyrim, um, that was never great. Like their third person in Skyrim was okay compared to previous elder scrolls okay. games. But if you've ever tried to do that in like oblivion, it was nightmarish. Terrible. The different the, the swapping between the two in ESO is actually very good. And I hope they learn from that for whatever six ends up being, because it's very good. Like right now, ESO is basically a very good multiplayer Elder Scrolls experience. Like I quite like it. And yeah. It gives me all the things I like about Elder Scrolls, and one of those is proper first and third person functionality. So, yes, I do like that. I don't know what you're going to be able to do here, though. No one ever shows it in first person. So, yeah, I mean, so the third person feel, I think, is good for me. I think the over the shoulder bit is um, always just like a little awkward to get used to and where your character is actually in position in like in the world versus your perspective. I've always found that like a little weird with video games that are third person. But I think that like overall, I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of jumping in there, trying the combat and like really uh playing around with all the different like because this this gets me excited on all sorts of fronts yeah and i can't believe i'm excited about it because i didn't think i was going to be but i am i actually really want to try it also low barrier to entry there's the initial cost of the game sure but that's it yeah (laughs) just go play it freaking 40 bucks now here's the important thing though they've got to nail they've got to nail the part i'm about to talk about yeah which is they have to nail this game on week one and I say week, not day, because, you know, you always have stuff on day one. It's okay. I think we can live with some of those things. It's never, that part's never easy. But the first week or so, week or two maybe, if your game is not really compelling, fun, and up for most of the time, people will move past and go somewhere else. That's how this stuff works. And, you know, as much credit as you can give World of Warcraft for being the dominant form of this for so long, one of the things nobody ever seems to talk about as one of the great things WoW did, was launched in really great shape. Were there cues? Yes. Were there some problems? Yes. There always is. But for the most part, the game released in a really quality state and played great immediately and let you know right away what was good about the game and compelled you to move forward and play it. That is not, it's apparently not easy because no one else seems to be able to do this at launch. Um, as much as everyone's chased Warcraft money for all those years, 
the one thing they never seem to get right is making everything great out the door. I think uh, Guild Wars 2 did pretty good out the door. That's a good example of one that maybe did all right. Um, and there was a considerable amount of hype around that game when it came out. So, you know, but ESO was a flop out of the door. They fixed stuff yeah. and that's great. I'm glad they stuck with it because it's one of my favorites now. But it was a rough launch. Um, Star Wars, rough launch. Uh, uh, what's another one? I can't think of it anymore. Final right Fantasy. Do you Final Fantasy, a horrible started? launch. It was terrible. Awful. It was terrible. Awful. Everybody Awful. right now can't stop talking about 14, but I'm like, do you remember the state of that thing when they started? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the, the devs were like, oh yeah, this thing's terrible. Hold on. Wipe the whole thing. Start it's over. Re- reborn. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got uh, the wonderful game that it is. And I think that that's a good testament also to like when, when you have a fan base that's so like dedicated but yeah. not everyone's afforded that and and i would say wow if they started out a little bit rough they probably would have recovered given that like that fan base because i remember when world of warcraft came out i was like oh wait you're, so you're telling me that i could play one of these soldiers that i love in my favorite rts series like yeah okay i'm gonna stick with it no matter how long it takes yeah yeah i, I agree with that um this game doesn't have that no but, yeah. it doesn't have that yet and it has to it has to nail it pretty early or else they're they're in trouble so i want to see how they do there no sub means they can capture people that normally wouldn't leave their current mmo that they do pay for to play i think people will take a break and go check this out um i expect a lot of streamers to pick it up very early i expect and begin again though <laughs> like this what a double-edged sword like streamers playing it and having streaming crowds in the tune of 200,000 people watching a live stream immensely beneficial to your game mm-hmm. unless it's a janky pile of poopy on day one and then yep. you got all kinds of problems that's why you know some companies get accused of running private special servers for streamers uh because they just want to ensure that nothing breaks i kind of don't blame them you know yeah. like you, yeah, you want to put like, your uh, test you foot forward mitigate and show your this is the thing, like you, you show your best products so that then you can get more money through pre-orders so then you could throw more money at the problems to fix them. Yeah. I, like I get it, but still. Now, here's what's funny. Most of the gameplay video I've seen on YouTube kind of cracks me up because 90% of it is people sitting in camp making stuff like it's a lot. Yeah. So the game has this one little risk and I just want to throw this out there. If the game becomes an incredible crafting game. But not, but nothing else is as compelling as their crafting system. That's not good either. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna love it though. I don't know. Like I've never, I've never liked crafting in games. But for some reason, this is like I'm looking. I'm like, oh my god, I kind of want to make everything. I kind of do too. Yeah, and I don't like survival. Like I said, I'm not really a survival game guy. It's not really my jam. But this isn't that. This is yeah. This is this is crafting and survival elements thrown into a traditional MMO style experience, and you know. They're going to get my 39 bucks. Is that what oh, it is? 39? Yeah. That's it. See, that's it's almost but not budget. That's like B-tier price game. That's not even right. that expensive. Like I feel like Amazon is trying to hedge their bets, come in at a low price, under-promise, maybe over-deliver, hopefully, and maybe this will be among the pantheon of MMOs people respect and like and play. We'll find out. Let's see how it sounds. Check this out. This is the menu music. gives me ghost of sushima vibes oh a little bit right yeah a little bit of asian influence maybe okay my favorite part's coming up let me skip over here here we go get a little drum in there that's inspiring it's good 
It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go adventure. Yeah, let's go adventure. Let's go. Yeah, and this uh, this guy at the top of the show is from this, you know, this guy here. Tell me, have you witnessed their power? Some kind of story bit at the top where he's talking to Conquistador Larry there with his dumb helmet. Love it. Yeah. I love that. Anyway, um, I think I, I just think there's potential here. We'll keep our eye on it, talk about it on the show when it comes out, and uh, we'll let you know what we think. Let us know and what the, you think are, also. Are you going to, have you already decided your faction? Uh, no. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, the Marauders, the Syndicate, and the Covenant are your three factions, and you choose them. You don't. You don't. Bo- you're not born into them. You choose them at level choose them. ten or something. Ten. Yeah, it's level ten. Like Marauders are like war uh, fighting people. Syndicate are like spy deception people. Covenant are like uh, religious zealots. Yep. So. Yeah, I feel like I want to go. Which Which is the one with the with the plague doctor looking dudes? That looks like maybe Syndicate. I feel like more. I was expecting you to go more Marauder because that was like they kind of had that uh, Mad Max sort of vibe, like like uh, shiny chrome sort of deal. They you know? do a little bit. The problem with those guys is they're also the ones that wear the dumb Conquistador helmets. So, oh, okay, no, never mind. She's not into it. I'm not sure the gear it. the gear will be super diverse, and I'm not that worried about it. But but the Syndicate, I just like sneaky, dirty business. I do too. <laughs> So I want to I want to be involved in that. I want whatever the opposite of my own real life, my boring real life is. That'd be great. Yep. Uh, All right. It's time for emails, everybody. Mr. Johnson, I have I have questions. If you've got a question for the show or a comment about the game we just talked about or anything we talk about on the show or any of the changes that we're starting to implement or any of that stuff, let us know. The instance at gmail.com like ACF did. He wrote in and said, hey, I'm very happy to hear that you're keeping the show going. I've been a listener since Dignation. Oh, my gosh. This was a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, used to listen to them way, way back, he says. Well, here's my question. I wanted to give some insight into NDAs. Last week, we talked about non-disclosure agreements and non-competes and how that affects Blizzard and other companies uh, in the games market. And is it different than the regular world and that sort of thing? But anyway, he says, uh, uh, I want to talk about NDAs and joining, a, uh, joining founding companies. A lot of NDAs are often too broad by their very nature. For instance, my co-founder and I had a one-year window before we could technically be allowed to start a business. That's because, or caused, by a fear of risk when we were young uh, and trying to look for funding. The way it was explained to me, uh, most, if not all, NDAs, at least if you're not an executive, but more in that on that in a second, he says, covers IP or intellectual property or info that would cause a conflict, i.e. customer lists. So think of it as like you're a sales guy at a plumbing company and you got a giant list of everybody who buys from you. If you leave and take that list, you're taking potential business from the place you're leaving. So that's a great example he's using there. Mm-hmm. And he says, now executives uh, are thought to have fault knowledge. Okay. That is to say they can never act in a way that doesn't violate no IP. I think that he means AIP. Uh, mm-hmm. As they as they are the IP for uh, for games, uh, it if they are if they aren't bringing plot engine or assets, it doesn't matter. Also, most NDAs are unenforceable age uh, or of unenforceable age or are going out of style. Um, I think he wrote this with his phone and maybe dictated it. Yeah, I see what he's trying to <laughs> yeah, say. He's trying to say what like, he means. like a um, lot of the older ones. Yeah, he yeah. says. I, he says. I hope at least that this is a little helpful with all the questions you're getting about the uh, NDAs and such on the show. Keep up the great work, ACF. Well, thanks for the insight. I've also talked to a few people offline about the nature of this stuff, and 
since I know a couple of Blizzard people in particular who had year-long uh, non-competes slash non-anything. They couldn't do anything, like even making an announcement. And pretty, I'm pretty sure that worked on an executive level at some point for Morheim because Morheim took a year to say anything about Dreamhaven. Um, and you know, he wasn't just sitting around, <laughs> uh, same thing goes for Rob Pardo and he left and went and started uh, bonfire, which may never make a game. I'm just telling you, dude, those guys just sitting over there. <laughs> what are they even doing? Just breathing. Is that all they do? Need, need something. We need, we need some news, anything like just yeah, anything. Say, something. say, Hey, we're working on a game that has a sword in it. Okay. That's all you got to yeah. tell us. Or yeah. are you working on a game period? That'd be cool. Um, but right Concept now, art, we don't something. know. Oh, I just watched the sorry, this video is still playing back here of this uh of the bow class stuff, the bow weapon stuff. I'm into it. Kind of I know you don't I like the zoom the thing. I'm okay with it. I don't like the zoom, but I like the bow. The bow's good. Look I'm at also this. all about that that rifle, that musket. Or they're talking about making pistols and maybe dual wielding some pistols, doing yeah. some cowboy action. Yeah, that. Guy dropped a supply cache, found a better weapon. All right. I might really be into this when it comes out. <laughs> me too. Me too. Anyway, uh, if you have thoughts, feelings, comments, whatever they may be, send us your emails, theinstance at gmail.com. Garrett's out of town for one more week. That means next Friday, we'll have another guest host. That'll be John Jagger joining me from the Core Podcast. He is completely 100% all in immersed in Final Fantasy fourteen. And he's going to try to sell us on why that is. Why the swing from all these, especially in the case of WoW, why all these players... Why are they just up and leaving and going to play Final Fantasy? An eight-year-old game, a kind of an old game in its own right. What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? What are they doing at all? We'll find out next week uh, with a deep dive with John Jagger. So look forward to that episode. In the meantime, Alex Albisu, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. It was awesome. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. I was telling people like when they were uh, asking me about the show, I was like, yeah, this is the very first podcast I ever listened to. Whoa. That's and now, you know what Garrett same thing his first show he ever listened to that's nuts yeah and Garrett and I have way too much in common it's kind of funny <laughs> we've never met um and then we and then here I am it's a so that's fun that's, that's really circle. cool I'm glad we could uh you could finally come and see see how we treat the pigs before we kill them and serve them up I was about to say the sausage is gross people. yeah it's pretty gross I'm just telling you it's pretty it's gross pretty gross uh well tell people where they can find more of your stuff you got a few podcasts going where can they get it yeah, so um, you know, people out there probably hear me on America's Next Top Podcast are doing the exit interviews and everything. I actually do another show where I interview dads and parenting experts. So any parents out there, head over to thedadchronicle.com. I've interviewed um, a bunch of folks, even Scott and a bunch of others here on Frog Pants uh, and uh, and others. So head over there. Uh, you can get a bunch of different resources around parenting. I even created my uh, very first free ebook all around new parenting guidance for dads. And it's a checklist. It's awesome for dads to use um, as they find out that they're going to be uh, a dad. So that's really fun. Yeah. And then um, I also do a uh, my own video game podcast. I don't know if you could tell I'm pretty passionate about video games. If you head over to joystickamouse.com, uh, Joystick and Mouse is a podcast all dedicated to uh, delivering video game news from the perspective of a few filthy casuals uh, nice. who enjoy talking about the gaming that we try to do with our busy lives going on. Well, you are so again, filthy casuals, so, you know. Pretty, I'm pretty filthy, and I'm a casual, so, yeah, yeah I feel like that was, that was fair. So, joystickandmouse.com. Shout out to my co-host, uh, Diddy, does games in the, in the chat there from ANTP Season 2. Nice. So, yeah. Look at all these ANTPers hanging out and doing cool content. It's pretty rad. It's fun. Yeah, man. Well, uh, 
It was awesome having you on, and uh, we'll look forward to a future where uh, perhaps you guest host again, and for the, at the very least, uh, we might see each other's you know stiff, unanimated faces in a little video game called New World coming up. So absolutely. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening and watching. We'll be back next week with more. Like I said, John Jagger joining me next week as co-host. Garrett will be back after that and uh, more coming down the pipe. For the meantime, head on over to theinstance.net. You can find ways to support us there. You can find all our information, other shows, all that kind of stuff, our Twitter accounts. And don't forget that email address, theinstance at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Alex, and for the vacationing Garrett. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.